across the countries about the Gzeira, the decree against the Jewish people after they were signed mit the Gzeira of Eden, with the, uh, including the decree against the Jews they were given to Haman those letters were given I guess by the king to Haman so Haman and all of his uh, entourage gegangen zu Zufriedenheit they went in a very happy mood, and they they ran into Mordechai. Mordechai had demoed Gizen, so Mordechai saw the three children that were coming from school. Is as a nachgelaf, and so he rushed after these children, caught up with them. When Haman mit sein Chaver seinen Nem nachgegangen, and Haman and his group followed Mordechai to in order to hear what Mordechai is going to ask these children when Mordechai caught up with the children he asked one of them the first one state for me which you, which passage in the Torah you were studying Amalei said to he quoted the Pasuk which says, do not be afraid from a sudden uh, terror, or from the retribution against, or the judgment against Rishayim, when it happens. Don't be afraid when something suddenly terror happens. Uh, so then the second child said, I was studying today and with this final passage this was the final passage that I studied before I left school and he quoted the passage they plot a scheme and, but it will be disrupted they plot but it will not come to pass because Hashem is with us the third one, the third child said, uh, and until I, be, I get old, I am, I am with you. Until you become old, I will carry you. I made you, and I will carry you. I will support you, and I will support you, and I will deliver you. These are three psukim from three different areas in Tanakh, but we say them, of course, after Aleinu together because of this story. When Mordechai had geheret zayne emphas, when Mordechai heard zayre emphas, these uh, the answers of the children for the psukim stating these psukim. Sochak he he smiled and he was happy. Simcha he was greatly happy. Uh, because of what he heard. Why are you so happy about what the children told you? Because of the great, the good news, the great news that they gave me, so that it should not fear, they told me not to fear the evil plot, which you plotted against us Miyad caused Haman a Russia so Haman the evil Haman became uh, angry and he said the first ones that I'm going to I'm going to start with no one other than these children my revenge will go uh, will be directed first against the children the Tambapata, that's the story that the Medrash tells the Tambapashas of the the simple understanding of why Mordechai was happy when he heard these psukim is vile er hotin dem because he saw a prophecy in these in the words of these three psukim as a that he has no reason to fear Fargzeras Haman from the decree of Haman. There's nothing to be afraid of. That's what the psukim told him. That's a, the prophecy that came through the children. As we find a number of places in the Gemara. That in from and other circumstances also there were other 
sages of the Talmud that asked a child what is the most recent uh, passage that you learned and they learned from those psukim the the, the passage in the Torah which a young child said is is somewhat of a prophecy and therefore we, we see it come, you know, in other places in the Gemara as well and it's a prophecy from above but that doesn't explain it enough in our case because according to this this is what the message of this story is why was it important for the Gemara to relate the the details that surround it that he met them when they were leaving school that it was three children that said the three psukim why is it important that it was three different children that said it in other words if you want to tell a story and you want to give color to the story and therefore you give interesting details that's one thing but the Gemara isn't really a, a novel it's not telling you a story it, it tells you the important parts the important details of the story not just filling in interesting stuff. So the question is, why does it tell us this stuff? What is it? Why is that important to the story? But even though it's true that the other details of the story, for instance, the detail that he ran into the children, not that he was went to look for the children to find out what they learned, but they ran into them, he met them. And also the fact that there was more than one child that said the psukim, passages with a message of good news. Because that, that I can, we can understand why the Gemara includes that, because it, it sort of strengthens the message he met up with them it wasn't just one child it was more than one child but that isn't necessarily important it isn't necessarily important to tell us that where were they coming from from school, why is that important and that it was specifically three children so why we have to understand what these details contribute to this story Base. Everything in Torah, of course, is supremely accurate and specific. Thus, haste as oich the seder on the protel which means also the order in which it's to, which the which psukim were told, and the details of it in the sipras and are very precise. On the gates of Indian are also relevant to what the story is trying to tell us. Then we have to understand first of all. The the order in which they told uh, they, the psukim were related. Altira, starting with Altira, then it went on to Utsa Eitza, and then Vaad Zikna. Because the, those three, the order is Nisht Kfi Sidram Tanach. The order is not the order that, it, that they appear in Tanach. It's out of order in the way they appear in Tanach. Because the psukim Utsa Eitza, the two psukim utzaitzu and vaadzikna shtein and sefer Yeshaya, they are both in the book of Yeshaya. But says beseder aswarim far mishle, which in order of the books of the Tanakh, they come before mishle. Yeshaya comes before mishle. For shtei the pasuk altira, where the the first pasuk was found, is found from mishle. The pashtus is the seder alimit, but it negus beveisa sefer kafi seder aswarim. It would stand to reason that the, the way the children studied Tanakh in school would be in order of the books. They would start at the beginning and go through in order. So therefore, why would the first child tell us something from Mishle and the second child tell us something from Yeshaya, one section in Yeshaya, the third child, another section in Yeshaya? What's the order? 
and it's also not the reverse order. You might say it starts with the end and it go, works its way backward for some reason, but that's also not the the order. Because then it sh- they should have quoted, although Altira would be first, but in the order of the two in Yeshaya would have been reversed because Vadzikna comes later than Utsu Eitzah. So if you're working your way backwards, then I'll t- then Vadzikna should have been before Utsu Eitzah. So that's one question. Another question. In regards to the first child, the Medish tells us that he immediately stated the, the verse of the Torah, the Pasuk, without giving any introduction. But by the second child, what does it say? So these, the second child began by saying, I was was studying today, and with this pasuk, this is the final pasuk that we learned. That's what I learned right before leaving school. What he was saying was, there were other psukim that he also learned, but this one was at the end, this was the last pasuk that he learned. So we have to understand in regards to that. Then learned in is it true only for the second boy that he learned other things as well and that the first boy the only thing he learned that day was this one Pasuk and Nishmeda nothing more why then does the second child give us this introduction and the first one does a third thing that we have to understand since Mordechai accepted these psukim as a prophecy as somewhat of a prophecy why did he use the term the good news that you've given me why didn't he say this prophecy that I received that they, they prophesied a beautiful prophecy for me or something like that Gimel we also have to understand another thing. We as we as as the the medish tells this story is the zman ma'ura nal given. When did this happen with the three children? Balt nafdem biyazani gechasmin gevarn the igris agzera. As soon as the letters which went out to the countries stating this terrible decree that the Jews uh, that they they can destroy the Jews. As soon as they were signed, and already Mordechai had this great joy from the Besurataiba with the good news that we have nothing to ask, that there's nothing to fear of Haman's evil decree. No reason to be afraid. If that's the case, that immediately, as soon as this, the letters were signed, which means as soon as the decree was set, Mordechai was already sure that there was nothing to be afraid of. So if so, if Abbas is not them, so why is it that after that happened, given the ganze Sturm for for why then that he put on a sack and ashes, and he cried bitterly, why did he do all that? He was already assured through the prophecy that there's nothing to fear. And all the things that Mordechai did and he instructed Esther to do and so on. Esther tells us the story of what he said to do. You have to fast for three days and then you have to go to the king and all these. Well, she said to the fast, but that he has, she has to go to the king and she has to plead on behalf of the people. What is he making a big tumult for? It's all for nothing anyway. There's nothing to be afraid of. Fundem alam is mashma. From all of this, it would seem as Mordechai had the pasuk psukecha from the tenekes nisht mamish. From this, it would seem that Mordechai didn't take it as a literal um, prophecy that there's nothing to be afraid of, there's nothing to worry about. So then we have to understand on the other side, so on the other to the other extreme. Then why was he so overjoyed? when he heard this prophecy, if he still felt that he had to cry and, and plead and put on sack and ashes and do whatever he could in order to save the Jewish people, 
So what's he so happy about as soon as he hears it? To understand this. But to understand it, we first have to explain. As the Gzeira is given the Gzeira Haman's decree was to wipe out and to kill and destroy every single Jew, child, old, young, children, women, and so on. And what's the reason for this decree? It is, we detailed in the Megillah, as the Megillah tells us, and I'll be midrashir as chazal as well, based on the, the way the, our sages interpret the Megillah. In the Megillah, where it tells, in the Megillah, it tells, as does hotzich angahibim fundem was kol avdei amelech. It starts, what, what got Haman upset? Why was he so bent on destroying the Jewish people? It started because all the other servants of the king were bowing down to Haman. Whereas Haman, uh, sorry, Mordechai, he refused to bow down to Haman. Because of this, that's why Haman became filled with wrath. And it wasn't enough for him to just take revenge of Mordechai alone. Because I told him that he was a Jew, he came from a nation, so he decided to destroy the entire nation. And that's why Haman wanted to destroy all of the Jewish people, the nation from which Mordechai came. So that's the Megillah story. Thus haste, which means when Mordechai, when Haman went in, he said, why isn't this guy bowing down to me? Everybody bows down. So he asked around, and he found out, and he found out that this is not Mordechai's That the reason that Mordechai is not doing it is not because of who he is individually, the kind of a person that he is. It just has something to do with her, his personality, which would have made it personal to him. Zainik from the Rosh Sanhedrin, let's say because he's a leader of the Jewish people, he was at one of the heads of the, the, the high court under Manik Bayidin, and he was the leader of the Jewish people. So it wasn't that he found out. Rather, nor he told him that he comes from a Jewish nation. Asher hu Yehudi, that he is Jewish. Ados is the far of and that the reason that he doesn't bow down is because he's Jewish. nor in the he believes only in Hashem himself. And he dismisses any kind of other um, idol worship or any kind of other worship, which means idols. He dismisses and rejects anything which considers themselves to be important in the face of Hashem. And so therefore he rejects you. And that, so he said, it wasn't a personal thing to Mordechai, it was that the whole nation believes this. So that made him very angry. That's what got him so angry. And since he now understood that the reason that Mordechai doesn't bow down to him is because he's Jewish, so it wasn't enough for him anymore to take revenge against Mordechai alone. Since the reason why Mordechai doesn't bow down to him is in is because of he is a Jew, and that is something that all Jews, of course, share. Young and old, and the women and children, everybody shares this uh, belief in Hashem, which rejects any other uh, idol. As Nishnor Mordechai, so of course that means that it's not only Mordechai, nor the Gansa Mordechai, but that the entire nation that Mordechai belongs to, Anakent doesn't recognize him as an idol. And therefore, obviously, they're not going to bow down to him. So it wasn't just Mordechai not bowing down to him. Mordechai represented every single Jew. Nobody would bow down to him. 
That's why he made it his business to try to destroy every single Jew. Hey, but how was it that Hashem allowed how was it that he was able to pull this off to bring such a terrible degree, decree against the Jewish people so to this our sages explain that the spiritual reason for it was is given because the Jewish people bowed down to some sort of a, uh, a statue or something some sort of an idol. The Baldas by Eden is given as Apuulu and Tnua, since the Jewish people had this kind of they they went in that direction. Afilovan Bloys Lufanim, even if it was only pretense on their part. It was because they were threatened. So they pretended that they that they believe in this idol, they bowed down, but it wasn't that they truly believed in it. Beloy Lev Alev Cloud, they had no intention, they had no belief in it at all. As Rashi says. Because that goes against this kind of behavior, even Baladam goes against the very nature of being a Jew. And it, it affects, it undermines, it touches the very connection that a Yid has to Hashem. Therefore, because they did something to undermine their connection to Hashem, so it brought up upon them the decree of being destroyed, of destruction. God forbid. Because the very existence, and why does a Jew exist altogether, is all dependent on their connection to Hashem. And if a person undermines that, so then they can't exist anymore. That's why it brought this kind of a decree. And this was what worried Mordechai. For it bothered him so much that he put on a sackcloth and ashes, and he cried bitterly, he made a big tumult and a big uh, outcry about what's going on here. Because Mordechai understood what was happening. He knew the reason. He understood what was behind this decree of Haman. And why Hashem allowed it to happen is given by Gosser. Therefore, he worried. Tomer is by because he worried that maybe it's possible that to some at least, maybe the idol worship, the bowing down to the idol, was not just for pretense. Maybe they did take it up for some reason. And even if it's just a pretense bowing down to the idol, nor is something external. But it's still even if even if it's only a pretense, it still indicates as the that for some reason the essence of their Jewish, uh, their, the, their Jewish essence and their faith in Hashem is by Zenish Begoli, is at least not manifest. They're able to do something which goes against what they believe. Then does Volt Begoli, if their faith was strong and in a manifest way, Volt is that would have affected them. Then nothing could have touched even the outer aspect of a person, meaning the behavior of a person. A person can do things which they don't believe, or say things that they don't believe, or even think things that they don't believe. But the fact that they did something, that the fact that they weren't uh, aghast at the very thought of even bowing down to an idol, if even if they don't make, even if they don't believe it, the fact that my behavior would somehow reflect that, even if it's not true. And therefore they would never stand for doing anything, and they would rather give up their life than even just do something that might be make it seem as if they don't believe in Hashem had their faith been manifest 
Kigoyin li yishtachves lavei desoda. For instance, to bow down to an to an idol. Afshenim maimim b'klalu believe even it doesn't believe any of it at all. But they would never do anything like that if their if their faith was there fully. Because, and the reason for this would be because the the will and desire of every yid is to be connected to Hashem. Therefore, a Jew is afraid and and would never think to do anything that could in any way be be considered that he has any connection to Avodah Zarah at all. To go and do something which makes it seem as if he does, he would never do that. He's quoting things the way Tanya puts uh, these, uh, these uh, presents these ideas. Um, even in the, in the outer garments of the soul which means uh, doing something or saying something even though of course he doesn't believe any of it but because of uh, Yid's connection to Hashem he would be afraid and would never think of touching anything which has anything to do with Avaydazara and therefore Mordechai was very worried even if it's not real, they don't really believe it, but they did something. How could that be? There's something wrong. Therefore, Mordechai knew as the Vegzu bit Lagzeda that the only way, the way to get rid of this decree is Durch Ma'irazain by Eden, the Nukudasayadis, is to awaken within the Jew the their Jewish core. As it's all Aroiskumbugoli, that it should be manifest, that it should come to the surface. The core which is is completely innocent, but it has to be come, it has to come to the surface. As the that this natural instinct that they would never bow down to Haman, so should permeate every aspect of the soul, including their thought, their speech, their action. They would never. They have to be learned that they could never do anything like that. That they're even willing to give their lives rather al Hashem to sanctify Hashem's name, but Pail Mamish in a very real way. They we have to bring that out within them, new Mordechai. So therefore, when Mordechai, so that's the reason why he put on a sakveif, that's why he, he cried out and he made a tumul and what's going on. And when he heard from the children. So Yehoyim Sefer came from the school. The psukim in the The psukim that they said express a yid's faith and trust in Hashem. That's what they mean. The content of those psukim are. So therefore, he knew as Eden He knew that the Jews would withstand this test. That they will be ready to give their lives to sanctify Hashem's name. Sachak, and that's why he left. And he was overjoyed. Because he knew that there was nothing, ultimately there was nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of your evil decree, as he said to Haman. As will be explained. And when he heard these these messages of good news from the children, is is That's why afterwards <coughs> he still tore his clothing, and he put on sackcloth and ashes, and he went out into the center of the city, and he made a big demonstration, and he cried out. And then the same happened in every single country in every province. That when their news reached the Jewish people, there was a great mourning amongst the Jews. They fasted and they cried, and they mourned. The purpose of this was in order to awaken and to bring out to the surface the Nukudus Ayadus, this core of Judaism, on the great Kaita Mazirus Nefesh Bapayal, and that the fact that they, we are ready to give our lives should we need to 
and on uh, to sanctify Hashem's name. But that has to be brought to the surface. That was the purpose of all the tumult that Mordechai was making. Now we turn to the Psukim themselves. The Chilikin and Teichim from the Dry Psukim. The difference in what each one of these Psukim, what is it, uh, what's the message of each one of the Psukim? They're different messages. The Posik Al Tirim Pachat Pisa, the first Posik that, that is quoted, do not, fear, do not be afraid of a sudden panic. Or from the destruction of the, of the evil when it will come. It's talking about a an immediate um, an immediate threat, something that happens, something that scares you, something happened to make you afraid. and that's what we are told. Altira, don't be afraid. It happened, but there's nothing to be afraid of. In a, without explaining why there's no reason to be afraid, it just simply states something happened, there's something that scared you, but don't be afraid. It doesn't explain why not to be afraid. The second Pasuk, they plot against you, and so on. There it's not talking about something that is already or already happened. It's something, a plot, they're planning to do something. To bring on some sort of a calamity. It's not just that it will go away. That's not what's being. It's not only that it will go away. The sufar. That's not the only thing. It explains why we believe that it'll go away. Because Hashem is with us. So this time it's talking about a distant threat, a more distant threat. And there's nothing to be afraid. It will be dis- disrupted because Hashem is with us. Gives us the reason. In Imdritin Pasuk, in the third Pasuk, and until old age I am with you, until you become very old, I will still carry you. I made you and I carry you. I will carry you till, you know, and so on. Retzich nishvegen atzara. It isn't even talking about a a, a calamity. That's not what it's describing. Neither that it's already a calamity that happened, or not even a calamity that is uh, that is being planned against us. Nor it's talking about old age. which are natural things that happens to everyone. Halabai, you know, it it should happen to everyone. In the Bri, everyone that in the creation, everybody gets old. It's something that a, a system that Hashem created that everyone should get old. And we don't say, we're not simply saying, I am, I will be with you. Hashem saying, I am, I will be with you. I will carry you. But we also add, I have made it. I'm the one that created old age. We're saying that Hashem is telling you, I created this system that, you know, you get old and it's not as easy, it's, and so on. So there is three different things. There is an immediate threat. Over there it doesn't say why you shouldn't be afraid. There is a future threat. Over there it tells you that Hashem is with us. Then there is a natural thing, you know, naturally things occur, and Hashem says, I created this. So that's the three differences. In Teichen and Yonah Beruchnis, what does this mean in its spiritual sense? Zayna didrei psukim adrei tnuas amadreges in the meifim from the mundu betochen, in the meivishim. It describes three levels of faith and trust in Hashem. Vos brengt these three levels which bring out a Yid's readiness to give his life for Hashem which three? the first passage so because of a person's faith and trust in Hashem so although you know, when something terrible happens, you become afraid. By, by, 
Plutzladikten Ankom from Pachad, from Shoyas Rishoyim. There is a, because there is a, a, a Russia is, you know, is do, did something, obviously a person becomes naturally afraid. Is of a by a maimin, by a believing Jew, by a yidin, by a yid, is not afraid. When a dafin shabbat kemaz bara v'tam evdem, and you don't even need an explanation why you don't need to be afraid. The pasuk doesn't have to tell you why you shouldn't be afraid. Betivoy in zaygefil al derech maimerazal because it's natural in the in the DNA of a yid. Kol mado of rachman l'tavavit. We know whatever Hashem does is for the best. So therefore, even though it's a scary situation, but you don't get overwhelmed by it. Everything that Hashem does is for the best. Then there is a higher level of stronger type of faith and trust in Hashem. That even though they plot against that, it, it will be disrupted. Not only is he not afraid, nor is bevados as You know that it's got, that nothing will come of it. You know that nothing will. Not only if it'll happen, it happened. But I know it's for Hashem's best, for the best. No, it will be disrupted. It'll never happen. What is the reason? The reason that the, the Pasuk explains why is it that you're so sure that nothing is going to happen? Because Hashem is with us. Hashem will provide. So one level is a bad thing can happen. But it's for the best. A higher level is Hashem will not allow it to happen. Anything bad, to, uh, He won't allow anything bad to happen. on an even higher level than this, is their upleg is a, a yid's certainty. As until old age, Hashem is with us. which means even the natural laws. It's an, like everybody would say, it's inevitable. You get old. What are you, what are you going to do? Even natural laws, and who made these natural laws? Hashem Himself in, in the Bria. He was the one that implanted it into the creation. Even that cannot um, rule over a yid. Even that cannot control a yid. And it doesn't become over. He's not afraid of it. For this, you need to have a, even a greater explanation. What do you mean? This is natural. How are you going to avoid nature? So, therefore, it's not just that Hashem is with us, and what? When Hashem is with you, you don't get old. So, you need another explanation. It's the, the explanation is Hashem says, I am the one that made you, I am the one that created you. And therefore, Ani Ezab, Ani Ezbel, therefore, I will carry you, and I will sustain you, and I will deliver you. In other words, that in the third level, even things which naturally must occur, one might think, because it happens to everybody in the world, but a Yid has faith that Hashem will deliver him, sustain him, even from those things. Zion. And these are also these are also the three levels working your way up. In the in the education that they got in the school of these children. By the kin, by the first child, which When the Pasuk says the the first one said, it means the first one means the child at the beginning of his education. Is does in an oifen from pasuk It's in a way of state your your pasuk. Mer from them in He can tell you one pasuk. All he could repeat to you is one verse. That's all he learned so far. Which means, even before he's able to analyze something, he doesn't really understand it. He was told by his teacher this verse. He doesn't understand it yet. It still has to be clear to him. It has to be the firm rule. As Altira 
sorry, al tirim apacha pisoim, do not be afraid of a sudden fear. Even then, he doesn't know much. He's learned one pasik, already he knows there's nothing to be afraid of. Then the tinuk vet elka, then when he becomes, he grows older. Over there, he already learned more. As the second child said, He already said, I learned not many things today, but this was the last thing that I learned. That means, I read myself. I'm capable of reading Psukim on my own. Which means, I can understand things on my own. So now we teach him already a deeper concept of this faith that we have in Hashem. A higher level of faith and, and trust. And this he, he knows with, he understands it with his own, with his own intellect. No, and he has certainty about this. Utsu eats of a sufar. He says they may plot against us, but it will be disrupted. It will not happen. They may speak and plot and so on, but it's not going to. Ha- it won't stand. And he already understands the reason. He has come to understand why is it that it cannot happen because Hashem is with us. This is a second, a child in second grade or in a higher level. And then there's the third category that's mentioned in the story. Which is already even older than the, the second child. In Seichel and in Das, he has already more understanding. He understands things better. M learned, what do we teach him? To him, we, we explain and we inculcate him with this belief that a Jew has nothing to be afraid even of the natural world even of nature it must happen there's nothing to be afraid of and somebody says what do you mean what do you mean there's nothing to be afraid of Hashem himself made this rule there's nothing to be afraid of as the uh, the Pasuk explained that we mentioned before because I made you and therefore I will carry you. Ches. B'Shas Mordechai geherd deep sukim from the kinder be'eish shahoyu boim be'besasefes. So when Mordechai heard these sukim stated by the children that were coming from the school, say yechinuch is ba'ifin. So what the the message over here is? Why does the, the uh, medrash tell us when they were coming from the school? Say yechinuch is ba'ifin because their education is such. As nish nor zainik in beisasefer, not only when they're in the school and the teacher is there overseeing them, the the vectmen in zei umelern zei emunu misiris nefesh. Not only when they're in school do we when we have them under our control are we able to bring out this faith and trust and so on, and we bring out they're ready to to go on misiris nefesh altira. And when they're in school, so then it, it even makes sense to them and they could understand it on their own. Nor the good news Mordechai was impressed by was that even when they left the school, they were already out of the school. Even then they were also committed to this belief. When they, when, when they were on their way home or arriving at home, so then he saw that overjoyed him. From the psukim from the psukim that they recited, he saw as by He saw that the the faith is complete. They're, they are committed to their Jewish faith. He saw that from the children. By Aliyin, which means that all Jews are committed to it. And therefore, he understood that even if there are such Jews that when you look at them, you don't see it because they do things which are not in line with that faith. He saw that when, the, when these Jews that are, are faltering, when their children come home from school, the children will awaken them to it. 
And when the children come home from school and they have that message with them even out of the school, which means they have it when they go home too, so they will also awaken it within their parents. This is what Mordechai was saying, if we examine the words, as I simcha is from the psura surani. The, 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 his joy is not from the prophecy that he heard, but from the good news that you gave me. From this I see that I have no reason to fear your evil decree. The words, the way the children are speaking, that's the good news. As by Eden is Gans, that the Jewish people still have fully, completely and it will remain completely so the they are fully committed to their Jewish essence they're fully committed to their self-sacrifice for Hashem which is what will destroy the evil decree of Hamash and therefore I have no I'm not afraid this is also the reason why Haman and Russia immediately became angry I must start my decree from these children because when he looked at the children he saw because when he looks at the children he sees that this is going to continue their rejection of me of Haman and that the reason why the parents reject me is because the children are the ones that are delivering the message. They won't bow down to me, they'll never bow down to any of So that's why he was angry at them, and that's why he wanted to destroy them. If you destroy the children, God forbid, then you destroy, there's a possibility of destroying the rest. Based on this, we now understand in a more in a deeper way what our sages tell us. The famous uh, adage of the sages, on the pasuk in the Megillah, which says, "The they fulfilled after the uh, redemption, after they overthrew Haman, so the Jewish people fulfilled and accepted uh, for themselves and for their children." to do all of these things which our sages tell us means they fulfilled that which they had already accepted before what that means is and that fulfilled also means they ratified they ratified that which they had been already doing previously what does that mean? um Oh, and a second thing, and when when another thing they learn from here is, as Purim is the that on Purim we no longer had that great excuse which we always carried until Purim. The great excuse was, any time we we uh, committed sins that Hashem was angry with, the excuse was you forced us into it, you suspended the mountain over the Jewish people, mountain Torah. Mount Sinai was uprooted and suspended over the Jewish people and said, if you accept the Torah, fine, if not, I will bury you all here. So the Jewish people always had the excuse, you forced us into it, so we made a mistake. You know, what are you going to do? We never really accepted it. But now, Purim, that excuse went away because the Jewish people now accepted it willingly. Now it was willingly. So now there's no excuse anymore. So, because what the Pasuk means, that they ratified that which they had previously accepted, means that they ratified, they accepted willingly in the time of Ahasuerus. Uh, and as Chassidus explains the Pasuk in the Megillah, the other, another Pasuk, they accepted that which they had begun to do. As the Matan is given, that the Matan was only a beginning to their commitment to the Torah. Hey, they only began to do the Torah. Because at that time of Matan Torah, even their complete dedication to it, their Messias Nefesh, to receive the Torah, the fact that they said, we'll do it, even if we don't know what it is. But first we know we'll do it, and then now tell us what to do. 
Nasa before Nishma. So that commitment, that was foisted upon them by Hashem Himself. He is suspended a mountain over them, as I said before. So that was even their utter commitment to the Torah was only forced upon them. But then when it came to the days of Purim, is given then the Pasuk says they accepted it, which means they fully accepted it. Nobody forced them to accept it at that time. They did it out of love, because Hashem saved them, so they did it out of love. By their Nefesh, which was completely driven by their own personality. Nobody forced it upon them. And that's why Matan Torah itself was only called the beginning of Matan Torah, of receiving the Torah. But by Purim, that's when they completed that transfer, the, the, that acceptance of Torah, because now they finally came to accept it willingly. And so now we get a deeper, that's the explanation that our sages give us on Kimer Vikiblu. The difference between the time of Matan Torah and Purim, but now we get a deeper understanding of it. As Kishem vi in the Zman from the Chelu Lasib Matan Torah, that just like at the time when they began to accept Torah, which was at the time of Matan Torah, is Daf Beschus Der Arvus from the Kinder. How did it happen? It happened only because they, as they said that our children will be guarantors that we will keep the Torah, that the Torah will continue. But that our children are our guarantors. And that's why Hashem gave the Torah. And that's only the, for that reason that Hashem gave it to them. A similar thing happened also in the time when the Yidin fully re- accepted the Torah in the time of Achashverosh. That the reason that they accepted fully the Torah, it said the Arvats and the Kinnah was also on behalf, because of the children. Through the children that were studying in, in Yeshiva, Hanal, that we talked about before, the three children, as they expressed to the Bechlal Dechal Beis El of Tanaikis, and including, of course, the 22,000 children, gathered together to study Torah. Gelenet Mitzayin, he studied with them, Eingeflans in Zay. And he inculcated into them their readiness to give their lives in a very practical way. As our sages tell us that whole story uh, in, in detail. Just as then it was um, because of the children, and this time it was this time it was also because of the children. And just like the, the this higher level that happened around Purim, even over Matan Torah, was because was by Matan Torah is the Mesiris Nefesh v'Nidin Given Beikah B'Kayach. That in the, at the time of Matan Torah, their Mesiris Nefesh was more a potential thing than an actual thing. A Yid in their soul has the you know has this urge to do to be Mesiris Nefesh, but it wasn't necessarily manifest. What made it happen was because it was came from above. Hashem forced it upon them. Whereas by Purim, they actually displayed their complete dedication and that they were willing to give their lives. Because as we're told, that if any, there wasn't even one Jew that said, I'll give up my life in order to be, uh, sorry, I'll give up my Judaism in order to escape you know, then you're not part of the Jews, we don't have to kill you. Not even one person said that, which means great serious nefesh. They were willing to die rather than give up their Judaism. And therefore that serious nefesh was literal. They did it in their, you know, in their manifest, the way they are as people, as human beings. And it came from their own initiative, not because Hashem forced it upon them, and the same is true also in regards to the children being the guarantors that by Purim it wasn't just like by Matan Torah who said the children are guarantors 
The father said that the children will be guarantors. The children never actually said it. In by Purim, the children stated it. Not only did they say it, but they also influenced their parents that they should also be ready for it. And it's because of this that it was by Purim that finally they accepted it fully, not as by Matan Torah. Yud. From them, Hotman the Yerol Choladeres, and from this we have a lesson for all generations. The Befrat in the Dorot Ikus of Mashiach, especially in our generation, the generation at the very heels of Mashiach. Them is Noch Abde Noch Abde Achashverish when we are, but still we are still the servants of Achashverish, which means we're still in Golis. B'Shas Mevil, the lesson is B'Shas Mevil Vissin the Matzav when the Osid from the Midrash and Folk. If you want to know the situation. And what the future brings for the Jewish people. Dafman Zen, we have to see versus Tutzach Midikinda. You have to see what's doing with the children. What where are the children at? And also, and most importantly, when they're not in school, when they're leaving school. See what their situation is then. In Vertamentis, to speak plainly, what does it mean? The Davzain the education of a Jewish child has to be, as we said before, as von Frieste Kindish that from their very earliest childhood years, even before they can understand any of it, we have to teach them and educate them, and to inculcate in them, in them upleg this acceptance that it becomes simply who they are, as his own, that they are not afraid of anybody, nor blows for the Mevishnalein, only from of Hashem himself. Only the father of the Balshem to Rebelezer, as the father of the Balshem to Rebelezer, with the name of the father of the Balshem to, had ongezog the Balshem to, he told his son the Balshem to, that there is Algivan Fimfjar when the Balshem to was only five years old. So, Fakenim and Fakein Zach are developed Nishmeirahab. You shouldn't be afraid of anyone or anything in the world. Only from Hashem Himself. That's the message. It was actually the dying message that Rabbi Eliezer said to his son when he was five years old. That's, we have to teach that to all our children at a young age. And then when they become older and more mature and they can understand more. And you would teach them the second level. So that they should understand as utzeitz of a sufar that even if somebody plots against us, it's not going to happen. Ki because Hashem is with us. And then the third level that even naturally we are, we stand above nature. We don't even fear what must come because of nature, because it doesn't have to come. Hashem, we Hashem provides for us even when nature says otherwise. In order for this to be able to sit well with them, to sit properly with the children, that it should become your, what is your verse? In other words, it's something that you understand, that you relate to. It's not enough to simply read the, the, the verses as they are in the written Torah. In but we have to explain to them what is the meaning of these psukim which are stated in the Torah, which the sage, our sages teach us in the oral Torah. We have to teach them that too. in especially that which Chassidus teaches about these ideas and these subjects. And when the children they they live with the meaning of these psukim, even when they leave the school, and they bring along this message to their homes. So then, just as it happened in those days, so the same thing will happen in our day and age. That this will ascertain the continuity 
of Torah amongst Jews and as vet nishzayin vasamayrahum fakenshum dava ba'elam there will be nothing to be afraid afraid of anything in the world because it's from the mouth of the young children that Hashem has established strength and power to destroy any enemy that we have and it will also be fulfilled that Hashem will turn the hearts of the parents towards the children which our sages tell us means through the children that the children will teach these messages to the parents and, he, and this will happen when <coughs> it'll happen when as the Pasuk says, as the Prophet says I will send to you Elio the Prophet he will say to the children in love go and speak to your parents to take to follow the ways of Hashem, says Rashi interpret, uh, Rashi's interpretation of this pasuk. When comes the day of Hashem, the great and mighty day. One geula along with the other geula. The great, uh, the great geula, the true geula, which will come through Mashiach Tzikene, but speedily in our days.